BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of Talking Metal. Happy 2016. I hope you had a great holiday, a great New Year's, great Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever your deal is. I hope it was a good one. And we, uh, wow, we kind of wrapped up the year as far as news events go with, uh, you know, we had the Scott Whalen thing happen. That was a while ago at this point. But um, Lemmy dying shortly after Christmas, 70 years old. My friend Don Jameson was just out at his 70th birthday party. Um, So, uh, man, I guess it's not that, you know, unexpected, but it still kind of rocked me when I heard it. So, uh, wow, one of the greats, Lemmy Kilmeister. If you're listening to this show on Tuesday, we usually post these shows, you know, late Monday, sometimes during the day on Tuesday or at the very latest Wednesday morning. Uh, So if you're listening to this show on Tuesday, I'm actually recording it on Sunday. That's Tuesday, January 6th. No, not Tuesday, January 6th. Tuesday, January 5th, I believe, right? Be sure to check out Jimmy Kimmel tonight. Uh, Axel Rose will be on announcing what the hell is going on with Guns N' Roses. There's also a possibility that Slash may also be on the show with him. I'm not sure about that, but I've heard rumors. Axel's sister has confirmed that he is definitely going to be on the show, and hopefully we'll finally get some answers for what's going on with, with Guns N' Roses. All right. Um, one name I've seen left out of all this, you know, reboot Guns N' Roses, reunion, whatever you want to call it. You know, we know it's Slash, Duff, and Axel. We Actually, we don't know anything. We're guessing that's what it is. Um, and it sounds like Dave Kushner now from Velvet Revolver might be on board. Possibly Richard Fortas, Frank Farrar, possibly on drums. The one name I keep hearing people leave out, which I am almost positive Uh, I know Chris a little bit, um, is Chris Pittman. You know, we exchange emails here and there. And I think it's, even if you just follow his Twitter, he hasn't told me this personally, but if you just follow his Twitter account, I mean, it, it, it appears he's still in the group. And I think it sucks that all these, uh, these rumors that are going around, even though none of them are actually probably confirmed, some of them might not even be real. I just think it sucks his name has been left out of virtually all of them because I suspect he will be on board. Chris Pittman was one of three people who played on every song on Chinese Democracy, the other two being Axl Rose and Bumblefoot. Uh, But unlike Bumblefoot, um, Chris Pittman was involved in the songwriting for that record. Madagascar, I know, is is one of the the tracks he worked on. He was really has really been uh, at Axel's side for a number of years now, and and has not only in the the live setting but in the studio provided some 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 great support for Axel. And I think it would be uh, a mistake for him not to be involved. So let's see what Axel says tonight on Jimmy Kimmel Tuesday night assuming you're listening to this on Tuesday. Also, what else? Motley Crue wrapped things up. 
out in LA with a final concert. And it's kind of emotional for me, you know. Um, they were really my first real concert was Heavy Penton, Saxon, and Motley Coot, the Aragon Ballroom back in Chicago in 1984. Sad to see them hang it up. Um, but yet kind of happy too, because they got through it without anybody dying, you know. And uh, at least nobody in the actual band. And uh, they they are, I'd imagine, going to keep plugging away doing their own thing. Vince Neil already has solo shows booked. 6 a.m. is going back out on the road. So good luck to those guys. What we're going to do today uh, on Talking Metal is listening to the last episode of Metal Raps. It's episode 25 of that podcast. Metal Raps is a podcast I do with Mitch Joel who is a a real cool entrepreneur, uh, motivational guy. And he started his career back with, you know, the guys at Brave Words and still has his hand in the music industry, although I don't think that's where much of his bread and butter comes from these days. Mitch Joel, he does TED Talks. You know, this, this guy's the real deal. Consults for Google. Love him, Mitch Joel. Um, And uh, he has a bass podcast, the No Trouble Groove podcast. So be sure to check that out if you're a bassist. I'm not, you know, I I play bass a little bit. Um, You know, I'm not like a crazy bass guy, but I do listen to his podcast because he does an excellent interview. And I highly recommend that. Mitch LaFon, of course, you guys all know Mitch. The one-on-one with Mitch LaFon podcast, which is part of Talking Metal Digital is uh, is a great show, too. Mitch cranks out two episodes a week. I can barely keep up with him. I barely, usually, you know, I'm usually an episode behind when it comes to updating TalkingMetal.com. But you can get all Mitch's, Mitch LaFon's podcast right on TalkingMetal.com or TalkingMetalDigital.com. And again, this is the show I do with them. It's called Metal Raps. Uh, this was recorded probably two, three weeks ago at this point, and I'm sorry I haven't gotten it out to you guys. I hope it's not too stale. I hope it's still interesting. And uh, yeah, we'll check you out next time. I already got a couple interviews in the can. I got to get to you guys. So expect more Talking Metal every Tuesday for sure. And uh, sometimes twice a week. Sometimes I throw up an extra episode. So thanks for your support, guys. I appreciate all the Christmas and holiday donations. There's still time. There's always time. The PayPal tab is right there on TalkingMetal.com. Show your love for Talking Metal by sending me a little donation. I appreciate it, and here's the most recent episode of Metal Raps. Well, hey there, and welcome to episode number 25 of Metal Raps. My name is Mitch Joel, and as always, I am joined by Talking Metal's Mark Striegel. Mark, how's it going? Good, Mitch. How are you? Great, thanks. And, of course, we're with Mitch LaFon from 101 with Mitch LaFon. Mitch. That is right. That is a great show. Love the title. Uh, hey. it's, in fact, you know what? Before we talk, I'm curious. What's been going on in the shows lately? We typically talk about that. We haven't yet. Mark, what's been happening with Talking Metal lately? Well, um, not, I don't know. Nothing too exciting, Nothing. really. <laughs> Have a show anymore? But, yeah. No, we um, – Mike LaPon from Symphony X came on and uh, didn't really – And we did uh, our theme of 2015, don't forget. Yeah, yeah. Well, we that, those haven't been posted yet. I, I mean, I, I have uh, two best of 
2015 shows which are about to go up, which I think are really great. One is with Mitch LaFont, and the other is with this uh, guy, Joey, who has a real cool podcast called the Rock Strikes 10 podcast, which I suggest people check out. And we run down uh, all the greatest and latest releases, uh, you know, from 2015. And uh, it's, it's, uh, Good, you know, we talk about it, we play music from the releases, and uh, it's a great um, listen. So those are coming up shortly, and uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, we may have Ace coming on uh, within the next couple weeks. We'll see if that actually materializes. I'm, I, now that I said it, it probably won't. But um, you jinxed it. Yeah. But I bet that there's another co-host on this show who would love to co-host that show. <laughs> yeah, no, I would love my own interview with Ace. It's funny because I've reached out to the guy who, who can help book those and he hasn't answered my emails recently. I w- one of the uh, clubs that I uh, help book shows for wanted to bring him up to Canada for a show and he hasn't been answering those emails either, so it's like, oh, come on. Either let me interview him or let me book a show with him, but just say hello and answer back. Ace, you are wanted. Mitch, what's happening over on your show? Well, you know, I've got a, a couple of good ones. Uh, I interviewed Craig Goldie, who, of course, is sure. in Resurrection Kings, and he was with Dio, so he gave me some great Dio stories and other stuff. And then I have got uh, the man everybody's talking about these days, Mitch Malloy, who just recently released a demo with Van Halen, he's uh, going to be telling me the entire Van Halen saga and how he almost became the third singer and how it didn't work out at the last minute and talk about the demo that he just released and all that wonderful stuff. So I'm not kidding you. You tell Mitch Malloy that I am one of his biggest fans. I thought that his he had an amazing album. I'm trying to think of the name. Of course, it was his biggest fan camera in the ally. Was it just called Mitch Malloy in uh, like 92? There was an album in 92 called Mitch Malloy. In fact, that was the frankly, one. No, that was it was self-titled. Amazing album. Every single song, top to bottom is great. Even had my buddy Leland Sklar playing bass from. That's a whole other story, but that album was one of the just a great album that was completely underrated for that time. Really, really good album. Well, it's a lot of the cracks because of the whole Nirvana and all that wonderful stuff. But uh, I think he should be our co-host on Metal Raps, and then we could be Mitch, Mitch, and Mitch. What do you think? I would do it just because I, I think I'm a huge fan <laughs> of his stuff. That's why I would do it. A kid, of course. Mark. We uh, no, will. No. 3M instead. Well, we're, yeah. we're looking forward to, you know, we, we were promised for the new year heading into 2016 that you know, Mark was going to change his name legally to Mitch Striegel. It's gonna, still going to happen, yeah. right? It hasn't, hasn't <laughs> gone through yet, but we'll see. It's, yeah. it's a U.S.-Canada thing, yeah, yeah for right. sure. So speaking of 2016, I'm ex- anticipating a pretty major, heavy, awesome, crazy year. Uh, there are a couple of things that I'm for sure looking out for. Um I'd love to know what you guys are looking out for. I'm going to start with one that we sort of tipped the hat to a little bit in the last episode. I am getting crazy excited about this idea of David Lee Roth pulling together uh, Billy Sheehan, Steve I, and Bissonette to do this uh, Eat em and Smile reunion. Yeah. I always thought that I would wish that that band had played on the follow-up David Lee Roth solo albums that sort of splintered. I still consider that to be one of the greatest albums. I just love it. And the fact that these guys would go out, my guess is they'll play in smaller venues. I just, I, I don't think I can resist. So if I were to choose one thing that I'm looking forward to, I got a couple more in 2016, it would be that. And also, of course, watching tons of YouTube videos when I'm not in the city that they're playing in. Yeah, that would yeah, be. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one too. And uh, yesterday it was reported, or recently it was reported uh, by the David Lee Roth news desk that, uh, Billy Sheehan had confirmed it happening 
And uh, when I interviewed Steve Vai a couple of weeks ago, I asked him about that. I said, hey, you know, there's this 30th anniversary coming up. You're going to do anything? And he gave me sort of a coy answer and went, oh, I, I didn't know. Maybe we should do something, you know, that kind of thing. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. I, I don't think it's an arena act. I think it's more no. of a theater act. But I think their best move would be to get onto festivals. If they do Download, Hellfest, Heavy Montreal, uh, whatever else is out there, uh, that would be their best uh, their best thing. They could get in front of 20,000 people every night, make it look good, and off we go. I know, selfishly, I'd love to see that in like a 2,000, 3,000-person venue. That's that's just sure. myself. That's yeah. just, uh, I saw hard. that lineup. Uh, they played in Chicago. It was at the Rosemont Horizon, sold out, massive, massive arena, and Cinderella opened up. It was the first time I ever saw Cinderella, which was early for Cinderella, you know, 86. And uh, just still ranks as one of my probably top 10 shows as far as <sighs> enjoyment and, and just excitement. And uh, it was a great mix of uh, – it was probably at least 50% Van Halen, if not more than that at that time. Uh, but it's just uh, just such a magical band, and you know they did they did go on that that band to play together on Skyscraper, but yeah. Billy was not happy with how that record turned out, and pretty much split as soon as he was done doing the the recording. And you know, I think Matt I, took over. Yeah, it wasn't Greg Bissonnette's yeah. brother. Matt took over. I yeah, think, that's yeah. yeah. I, I'm fairly certain that's what happened. And. Uh, you know, and, and I, I remembered seeing him on that tour too, and it wasn't quite as as thrilling not having Billy there, and it wasn't quite the uh, you know just four piece bass, drums, guitar, musicianship, you know, through the roof uh, vibe that that they had on the uh, <laughs> the Eat 'Em and Smile tour. So so yeah, they they really only did that one short tour together, and there was an attempt, according to Billy, when he was on Talking Metal, like probably three four years ago, there was an attempt at one point by Roth. To put the members together, and he and Billy went would, went out drinking one night, and and it almost happened, but it it didn't happen for some reason. So let's hope it happens this time. I I, I guess what's unconfirmed by the Van Halen news desk, and guys, correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like it was unconfirmed if this would just be a one-off concert or yeah, a full-on right. tour. The red vague for sure, red vague. And I gotta say that you know in my career when i was doing this metal thing full-time in the late 80s and 90s i have but few regrets in terms of the people i got to meet and shows i got to see the traveling and all that hearing you talk about that tour with cinderella opening is like i just that's why i went like oh because that's just there that is for sure a regret i really do regret not seeing that show because to me when Roth came out, I think there was this sort of – there was part of the gang that was like, well, how are you going to show up that you just left Van Halen? And it really was this sort of hand-picked team of, of assassin musicians that – I mean it, even when we heard the lineup as a musician, you would think, okay, these guys are great, but can they play together as a band instead of just being shredders? And what they did together was amazing. And, and for me, really with Billy Sheen being, the, being a bass guy – that to me was his moment where he really, you know, went from being this sort of shredder based guy to being someone where I, I knew that this guy was going to have a real career beyond just his amazing playing, but in terms of music. And of course, with Mr. Big and everything he did after that, it was, 
Yeah. Oh, I'm so, so jealous I didn't see that joke. I'm sure the energy in the room was just insane. It was, and the energy on that album was insane, too, because you have to remember Roth had a lot to prove. You know, at that totally. time, he was acute. You know, he had put out the EP, Crazy from the Heat, before he left Van Halen. It wasn't a hard rock record. It was a pop record with, you know, old school. Broadway. Yeah. yeah. Broadway. And, and he <laughs> was working on a movie, and he had been, a, the Van Halen brothers had accused him of, oh, he did, he doesn't want to play hard rock music anymore he wants to go do a movie and he wants to you know play silly little songs like he had on his ep so he had a lot to to prove and he came out and put out a far better record than than 5150 was in in my my opinion um and those i'd have to wow i'd have to look which came out first but they both came out right around the same time and well 5150 was 86 and um, so was item and smile so yeah and that's that's where i might disagree a little with you what i would say is that i think it's pretty amazing that he came out with an album like that because to me and it's just my own personal opinion uh, i thought 5150 was an incredible album and so to, I totally agree with that, by the way. I thought that was... Yeah. Well, I mean, for Van Halen songs, I mean, fans like myself, I, at, at that time, there was a lot of us that were incredibly disappointed in that record. I was a Sammy fan, too, and that was... The keyboards were so watered down, and, I mean, he there was like one or two songs that kind of had a hard rock edge, but Eddie drastically changed his guitar tone and and sound on on those records too it just wasn't as as full sounding i don't know if that was because ted templeton was out of the mix or what but but it was um, so unexpected though everybody said oh dave's gone it's going to be a disaster and it wasn't a disaster so i remember ted produced eat him and smile <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> that's crazy so too. what happened was david lee roth really continued the van halen sound uh that that was you know dis- established on those first six records and van halen didn't so there was a big divide you know not only in the in the uh the band but in the fan base and i was definitely on team roth at, at that time and Again, I'd love Sammy. I'd seen him in concert before he joined Van Halen, but I was—I uh, felt like it, it, both parties, Sammy and and uh, Van Halen, Eddie Van Halen and Alex and, and Michael Anthony, for that mar- matter, just really watered down the sound and delivered some kind of like I don't know pop. You know, there was that what was that one yeah. song on Fifty One Fifty? Get was it Get Up or Get no? it. Yeah, Get Up. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was heavy. I remember kind of liking that, but still, his guitar tone was was weak. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> I, I have two questions. For oh, hold on, I just have a little bit of a difference variance on that story because prior to Fifty One Fifty, the album was Nineteen Eighty Four, and I thought Fifty One Fifty if anything had was more rock than Nineteen Eighty Four for Absolutely. me. Absolutely, uh, <laughs> that was like no I mean, way. Jump was, no was way. way keyboard heavy, but. Yeah, All right, well, here's well, a question well, for both of you, if I can. Because okay. uh, let's say they, they get back together, they do 20 shows. I don't think they'll do, you know, 80, and I don't think they'll do just one if they get back together. Do you want to hear a new album from them, or do you just, are you satisfied with just go out and play, you know, a reunion show and then leave me alone? I'm fine with reunion, and even if they sprinkled in some Van Halen, I wouldn't be offended. Okay. <laughs> I wouldn't kick it out of bed. And, and my second question then is, should Billy Sheehan consider this, you know, moving forward? 
at the expense of winery dogs or if winery. No, but that's not Billy Sheehan. Look, Bill, I mean, I'm not speaking for Billy. Like, I know the guy. But Billy's the type of guy that he does a million and three things, right? Mm-hmm. Winery dogs to me is part of a yearly schedule. And so I don't think that that would impede any sort of future winery dogs. He does a million things in right. between winery dogs and after and before and during and records all sorts of albums, just like, you know, the other guys like Portnoy does in, in winery dogs. I don't think that, that has, that's a mitigating factor. I don't think that Sheehan wakes up in the morning and goes, winery dogs is, is the only thing I doing it's one of the many yeah. I, I don't know if they stuff. can afford to do winery dogs much more i mean <laughs> well, yeah, yeah so. i mean it's just it was that our first album was great second album not so great Struggling. and uh it, do you think that's part of the decision to maybe do the 30th reunion tour that, that the second album just didn't go over as well as the first like I said, I don't, I don't think Billy's got one thing going, and he's like, "Well, what now?" I think he's got a million things going, as do all the guys in that band. Sure, maybe not Kotsen, but Portnoy for sure has got his hands in a million different pies. Um, no, I think it's just sort of one of those things. I think you know, you might even be you, Mitch. Maybe you brought up to Vine. He shot an email off to the guys, and they thought this could be fun. That's right. In my interview, <laughs> maybe it was all you. Wait. 30th anniversary? That Mitch guy just pointed that out. I should phone David. Let me throw this over to Mark. What are you looking forward to in 2016? You know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to hearing some new Anthrax music. Uh, For All Kings comes out at the end of February, and the Anthrax band, to, in my opinion, is, is firing on all c- cylinders. I, I just recently saw them in concert and just remembered how awesome this band was and and was reminded that they still are and i I, i'm really excited to hear what they deliver this time and i I think you know they're they're really all vibing well together you know for a long time or even when they got back together there was tension between joey and and some of the the other members but they they just really seem like such a great family unit again on on stage and and we got a little sneak peek of some some of the new music on the Game of Th- Game of Thrones mixtape or whatever the hell that was, and I thought it sounded just great. And I'm I'm very excited for the for the new record, um, which would be their you know their second record with Joey since he's been back in the fold. So looking forward to that. Can't wait to see Black Sabbath play live again. I have my tickets this summer to go see them. Uh, and uh, yeah, how about you? Listen, I, I'm. You say anthrax, all I, all I can. My head immediately just starts singing among the living. Like to me, it's just like I go back to 1987 in a heartbeat when you talk about anthrax. And I didn't. It's funny in my brain. I didn't even have that on my list of like I can't wait to hear new anthrax. I'll tell you what I can't wait to hear, which I hope can come to fruition. I think everybody probably thinks it never will, and who knows? Is some new Metallica music. Mm. Um, I'm feeling like there's a. I don't know. I'm reading in the media a lot of things, and I'm probably reading between the lines in in, in what we do because they're such a a, a huge band that. I think they're at the point in their careers where they feel like they have to reclaim something. I, I think they're feeling it. I think they've had a lot of projects, movies, albums, uh, side products to come and go. And I think now they're they're thinking like, what can we – do we have anything left to say as a band? And I think that this next set of new music coming out of them, which we know they're working on or we've heard they're working on, um, I am super uh, excited to hear what they come up with. I'm, I am one of those fans that has been with them through thick and thin and right. I'm, I'm very forgiving is, is my <laughs> – is the way I explain it because I think live they are without a doubt one of the best rock bands to have ever hit that stage. So I'm I'm hopeful that this new year is going to bring not only new Metallica music but but some sort of 
feeling, like that feeling that I keep talking about with Queensryche, where I feel like there's something new and exciting happening, and it still is reminiscent of what I loved about the band in the first place. Mitch? Yeah. I, I'm with you. Uh, new Metallica is what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to the, the Black Sabbath, the final show. They're, they come in uh, February in Montreal. But I'm also looking forward to this one, something called Bang Zoom Crazy Hello, which is supposed to be the new Cheap Trick album. And according to Robin Zander, it's the greatest album they've made, period. Wow. Yeah. We love the bluster, right? But, uh, you know, I think also, uh, like, like you said, for Metallica, they have a lot to prove. I think Cheap Trick have a lot to prove. They've done a lot of albums in the 80s and 90s that were sort of variations of what real cheap trick was but they really haven't captured it since since god the late 70s and i think they really want to get back to that place much like metallica wants to get back to that place so between metallica and cheap trick uh, i think uh 2016 is going to be just a wonderful wonderful year i hope these bands can pull it together if you know what i mean like i'm really hopeful that there's something substantive beneath it and it's not just we need new music to go and play you're talking about black sabbath i was just reading that there was an article i don't know if it was blabbermouth where i read it but basically ozzy making some sort of quip about nobody really wants new black sabbath music anymore which is again it's a topic we discussed uh, a couple episodes ago metal raps and i you know i think that that's a fair place to be if they're in the studio and they're not feeling that they have something to say I wouldn't. I would rather just see the band do what they do than feel like they're just trying to get an album out as an excuse to go on the road. So I'm with you. I think that that's, that's going to be interesting. The other one that, that is, is sort of on my periphery, and this sort of came into to my world just through, again, another Blabbermouth post I just saw, is Steve Perry, original singer of Journey, is apparently right. in the studio as of March of this past year. Um, and again, it's contentious to talk about Steve and Journey and bands like that, but I've always loved his voice. I've always loved – I love his voice. So he's got one of those voices. I don't know if you guys have artists like this in your life, but I'm such a fan of the voice. Like I almost don't care how bad the music sometimes is because his voice is so good. Yeah, I, I feel that way. Although Chris Cornell has typically great songs, he's just – Chris Cornell too is just one of those singers that affects me in a way where – I, I can actually forgive not great songwriting just because I'm so happy to hear the voice. So if Steve Perry is in fine form and he is recording a new album and it is being taken seriously and he's got something to say, I'd be super interested in hearing that because even his solo stuff post journey for me was really interesting stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you don't feel me, that way about Vince Neil, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Listen, well, yeah, the thing yeah, with yeah. Steve Perry is, <laughs> you know, my so, mouth when you do that, <laughs> Some of that stuff post journey and I don't know, it just seems so adult contemporary that it was, it was, for, that's for what me, I mean. Uh, for me, I don't know if, if, and as great as his voice is, which it is, it, or at least was great. I don't know what it is now. I mean, we've heard rumors he had some vocal problems, uh, through the years, but, uh, well, he hit it, the stage last year with the eels, yeah, um, I saw like that. somewhere in Minneapolis and he sounded pretty awesome actually, but, but go on, go on. Yeah. Do you think that brings us closer to his journey reunion now that he's back and recording? Well, Arnel Panetta even tweeted out something along the lines of once he saw those videos that like there's a there's his place at home type of thing. So who knows? Yeah, and, <laughs> and of course fire journey, himself. Journey got Steve Smith back on drums. I mean, they're essentially four fifths 
of the classic, you know, lineup. Yeah, that's interesting point that now Steve Smith is back in the fold. I mean, why not just do a full on journey reunion? That would be awesome. A classic journey. Yeah. I know, but I guess Perry doesn't want to, but. You know, when I last interviewed Steve Perry, he said to me, I don't want to go on stage anymore because my parents passed away. And I said, well, what do you mean your parents passed He goes, they're not there to see me, so I have no point on going on stage anymore. And I thought that was deep and sad and the whole thing. But maybe he's moved past this. Maybe he's he's ready to get back out there um, and, and shake it one more time for the folks. So if he is, him with Neil Sean would be, would be a great, great reunion. Probably better than... Sammy Hager with Van Halen, quite frankly. But you're right, Mark. It is really all contemporary. I mean, think back to like 84 and Oh Sherry, and that was like Street, the Elmo Street Talk. And then right. it was like 10 years later, I think, like 94, when he did For the Love of Strange Medicine. And you're, you're not wrong. Like, if you look at the sort of songs from Oh Sherry to, you know, uh, Foolish Heart, and, and I, I hear what you're saying, but there's just that voice and singing. Yeah, and it's like, Oh Sherry, in theory, I shouldn't like that song. Just, just. Because right, of, no, that's I know who I am, but I do. I, I like now that you mentioned that song. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm hearing it in my head. I'm like, yeah, that's a good song, actually. Yeah. It's so hard to be a metalhead, right? Because you yeah. can't, you can't be soft at all. Is there any? I mean, uh, the other one that I'm looking forward to, and again, I'm a, I'm a sucker for this band because uh, I have deep roots and a passion for them. Is New Dream Theater. Uh, and again, it is one of those strange bands where I feel like they're like releasing double albums every year type of thing in these very highly concepts where, where it's going to become almost like a Marillion where I lose track of who's doing what. But again, James LeBrew, very huge fan of. I was obviously a massive fan of Mike Portnoy and the drums when he left. I was right. completely devastated. But um, there is no doubt that the person who filled Mike's shoes is Mike Mangini, one of the great rock drummers too. I mean, I haven't felt that sort of memorable – Song thing that I uh, that I did feel for sure back in the images and words days and then awake and stuff like that, um, but I still sort of like whenever I hear it, they're coming through, I get a little like, oh, it's gonna be fun to go see Dream Theater again. Yeah, definitely, I agree. Uh, um, not, I have, not not really, but okay, not for you, Mitch. We know. <laughs> and, and what else is on your radar, Mitch? Anything else for 2016? Uh, you know, I'm always looking forward to the festival season and, and Heavy Montreal being the one locally. I'm just curious to see who they bring. Uh, I thought last year the headliners were, you know, maybe not the best headliners. So I'm, I'm kind of hoping that this year they turn it around and end up with 45,000 people because the headliners every night are just the biggest, baddest names in, in heavy metal. So we'll see how that turns out. We have to mm-hmm. not forget that Megadeth, too, will have a new record out in early 20, 2016 with uh, Chris Adler on drums from Lamb of God and Kiko from Anger on uh, guitar. So that should be interesting, and, and I'm su- expecting that to be a heavy record, true to old-school Megadeth sound. Yeah, it's interesting that Adler is going to tour with them uh, the entire year so. I guess that puts a little damper in Lambo God's plans, but that, that should be good for Mattel, uh, for sorry, Megadeth. Maybe they should get Steve Adler then. <laughs> you don't have to worry. <laughs> uh, yeah. I have a feeling that Steve Adler is not going to be doing a lot of touring with any uh, prominent bands in the near future. 
I'm just thrilled that we made it through a look into 2016 and we didn't mention Guns N' Roses or uh, Kiss, to be honest. So I'm totally fine with that. And I'll, I'll take my saying of the band's name as the, as the sole exception to that. Before we take out here, guys, uh, what have you been listening to? It's on, on, your, on your brain, in your ears. Mitch? Uh, you know, I've actually been listening to Uli John Ross. There he goes. He's going deeper down the Scorpions wormhole. Now. I'm telling you, um, an album called uh, Scorpions Revisited. And what, what's interesting about it is that the singer he chose to perform the songs is a guy getting, uh, called Nathan James. And he has a new band called Inglorious that comes out in February, which is actually one of these albums, uh, a debut album that I'm really looking forward to. So... Um, I've got some old school Scorpions going on with a, a new talent that is going to have a debut album with his band coming out. So uh, I, I'm mixing the old and the new. But yeah, I went I went down the wormhole. But this is a great album. They're, they're I, I think we'll sounding have, versions. I think we will have hit peak Scorpions when you start like saying, and now I'm like into Gorky Park, and you're down that road <laughs> where it's like that you know sort of like uh, uh, tangential bands from the Moscow Peace Festival or something. <laughs> No, we're not going there yet, but uh, I'm getting close. But no, I think it's just uh, the reason I got into that is uh, I was pitched a, a Nathan James interview and I was pitched an Uli John Roth interview. So I was exploring and I... Yeah, he'd be interesting to speak to. I think it would be great to speak to. And he's coming to Montreal in March and, and probably Ottawa in April. So, you know, it, it, it all fits into the greater rock world that I live in. Well, maybe you and I will go on a date and go check him out, Mitch. We'll see. Mark, what, what have you got in your earbuds? Well, um, my, my friend Joey, who I mentioned earlier on the Rock Strikes 10 podcast, uh, told me about the latest Danko Jones record. And I, I yeah. slowly been getting into this band, but I still hadn't really listened to the, the latest record, which is Fire Music. Wow, it is just great and uh, – yeah, uh, I was a late nice to the party Canadian on it, but yeah, no, nice, yeah. Nice are, are they big in Canada? Because they're not no, big down say, here. They are. If if there's one wave that I would define Danko Jones, and it's a band that I love, and I've interviewed them many times over the years, especially back when they first came out. It's that that has to be the sort of like stepchild of Canada. It's like the it's it, for some reason it is a band. But you can correct me if I'm wrong. We have completely neglected how great Danko Jones and that they are Canadian. That's my the sort of like hard stop on that band. that's sad. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we totally ignored them. the The only time I ever saw them was they opened up for Sebastian Bach, opening up for Guns and Roses at the Bell Center, I guess, in two thousand eight oh. or nine, and, and that was sort of it. And yet, the guy has a podcast. Uh, anytime anybody mentions Vancouver, they they go, "Ah, I was hanging out with Danko Jones," and yet. Uh, We've ignored him. I think Europeans find him cool quite Yeah, frankly. big in Europe. Always yeah. had a very big European following. For me, I'll tell you, I, I actually um, – I've been getting a lot into – it's a band I've loved on and off. And they sort of, again, sit in the sort of shadows of my music collection, unfortunately, because they're so great. But Clutch and Psychic Warfare, it's a band we have never talked about really on the show. I think we did talk about them once, but we didn't sort of mention this amazing album called Psychic Warfare. It was actually just listed on Rolling Stone, had their top 15 or 20 metal albums of 2015. And I was like, oh, man, I'd, I'd never even heard it. So I went out and bought it. Uh, great album, Clutch Psychic Warfare. Band's always amazing. If you ever want just sort of a 
heavy, sludgy rock. Like I almost think Clutch is like the modern day Deep Purple. That's my own little spin on those guys. I, Mark, you're a fan of Clutch, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not a, a major fan, but I've, I've actually really in, enjoyed the uh, the Psychic Warfare record. Uh, we had one of the guys on the uh, on Talking Metal recently. The the bassist, which is his name, Tim. Uh, no, Dan, Dan. I think it's Dan. Dan Mains, I think, is his name. He was on Talking Metal recently, and uh, you know, in prepping for the interview, I was listening to to uh, that record, and it's just it's just great, fantastic. They're pounding, record. yeah. Great yeah, these stuff. guys are absolutely pounding. Yeah. Well, as always, um, we, we love getting together to talk about metal. Hope you enjoy this, too. It's been episode number 25 of Metal Raps, and we will be back really soon, uh, probably sometime in 2016 with a brand new episode. Stick around. You can always find me at, at Mitch Joel on Twitter or check out my bass playing podcast, which is Groove the No Trouble podcast at notrouble.com. Mitch, where can they find you? On uh, Twitter, at Mitch LaFon, and also on Facebook on the uh – one-on-one Mitch LaFon Facebook page. And, of course, uh, all that stuff lands on the TalkingMetal.com site that, of course, Mark runs. Over to you, Mark. That's a good segue. Yeah, yeah. TalkingMetal.com. I'm on Facebook, too. Uh, My personal page is Facebook.com slash mstriegel. That's M-S-T-R-I-G-L. However, I am off Facebook until The Force Awakens uh, is in theaters (laughs) and I've seen it. So uh, you you won't catch me there in the next couple days. Uh, And if I I quickly can mention, uh, One on One is giving away two tickets to Black Sabbath in Montreal on February 23rd. Just head over to the One on One with Mitch LaFon Facebook page, like it, send me a note saying you want to go, and uh, there you go. I just wanted to get that in there. Nice. Everybody, have a great holiday. Happy New Year. We'll see everybody really soon. Cheers.